So for us, what our goal has always been is to make a really amazing product and then figure out how we can make it more accessible. From EXPDET, a lifestyle magazine and podcast bringing you the best of what Detroit has to offer, I'm your host, Lou Goldhaber, and on today's episode, we're recording live from the Drought Factory right here in Berkeley, Michigan, and we're talking with none other than Jesse James, co-founder and president of Drought, Michigan's first and leading cold-pressed juicer and one of my favorite healthy snacks. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. I am super excited to have you on the show. So first of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us at your incredible facility right here on 11 mile. I drive by this every single day because this is close to my house and this is so cool to be sitting here with you. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. So I would love just to start by you kind of filling in our audience about the story about drought, kind of how it got started. Most people don't probably know that this is an all female owned business and it's you and your three sisters. So tell us how it got started. Yeah. So I was working, um, as a hairstylist in New York city for about four years. Prior to that, I was working in Michigan, so I had about a 10-year hairstyling career going uh, that I had no plans of leaving. Uh, my two sisters were kind of at a crossroads. Um, they had just uh, finished college and couldn't find a job, uh, typical. And one of my sisters was back home, same thing, looking for kind of a career path uh, to jump onto. Um, and we were, so the three of us were living in New York City. Um, we were looking to, um, I was not looking to start anything new, but they were. So uh, we used to frequent a juice bar there. It was called Fresh Time in the West Village. And there was always a line out the door. And when we would go to this place, we, every, every single time we'd go and we'd, we'd say, wow, juice is so popular, like there's nothing like it in Detroit, um, we should start a juice bar. Just like our entrepreneur, entrepreneurial minds were just like, let's start a juice bar. Because my dad owned his own business and I think he kind of like pumped it into us like, eventually you're going to own your own business one day. So were all four sisters like on board from day one or were, yeah. was there one sister who was like yeah, the rogue? No, I was a little weary of it only because I had my career and I knew how um, persuasive they were. So I was like, they're going to suck, suck me into this. Like, and I, I know it's going to happen. So basically what happened um, from there was that um, we just kind of like came up with the idea how the bottle w we thought would look. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, we started a Kickstarter campaign, which is a um, like a crowdfunding campaign. Um, so we were like, OK, we're going to go back to Detroit for the summer um, and we're going to make juice at Eastern Market. We thought it, we thought that would just be like a fun little summer project. And then that way we didn't have to move back to New or back, you know, out of New York and and we could just keep having fun and not commit to anything really. So what we did was we um, started the Kickstarter campaign. Our friends and family ended up giving us around $13,000. And so with that money, we thought, wow, this is, kind of, this is kind of real now. We need to do something with this money. So we bought a little tabletop cold-pressed juicer, two tabletop cold-pressed juicers, um, and we started doing a few little events in New York. Um, so this really kind of started as a New York business. Yeah, essentially. Okay. And, we, and we thought maybe we'd do it in New York, but then we realized it was just way too expensive and it was never going to happen. So um, Caitlin, um, my very practical sister, was basically like, if we're going to do this, we have to do it right. And we have to kind of like move back to Detroit and, and make it a reality. So, so let's stop there for a second. Yep. You said something that was like perfect. You had like the practical sister. Mm -hmm. Break down the four sisters for me. Like who okay. are they and what's their like oh, persona? Man. Do you want me to be real with totally. you? Totally. <laughs> like as real as it gets. Okay. So um, Caitlin, I'll start with her. So Caitlin is very practical. 
very smart, um, very um, realistic. Um, she just she's the CEO, so she's kind of in charge of all of the finances and the big decisions, and kind of is the final final say in everything. Um, very um, easygoing, but also kind of can bring down the hammer when she when she wants to. Um, Julie is kind of the creative genius behind Drought. She does all of the branding, all of our Instagram. Um, she designed our bottle, our logo, everything like that. Um, super funny, um, but can also be a little harsh if, if need be. <laughs> you gotta have one um, in every group. Yeah. And, two, and, and I, when I say harsh, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, she's the one that keeps us all in line. Uh, Jenny is just a workhorse. She does, she's their, uh, chief operating officer so she does all of our operations um she makes sure all of the juice is made flawlessly all day all day every day and she works her tail off um very reliable and just just an all-around everyone likes jenny everyone loves jenny um and where do you fit in i <laughs> i'm kind of i'm kind of right? i'm kind of a little bit of the goofball like i will i will you know, I'm, I'm a workhorse as well, but I, I like to talk to people and I like to go out and, and I do sales. So I focus all on our wholesale line and, and things like that. And um, I'm usually sent out to do podcasts and speeches and things like that. And we're honored. Yeah. So, thank you. <laughs> right. but, so that's actually kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing. So most people who don't or have never experienced family-owned businesses, did you guys all naturally fall into those roles? Was it just your personality so it felt natural? Or were you debating, like, I'm going to do this, you do that? Well, in the beginning, we actually all started by um, doing kind of the same thing. We would all just, like, make all the juice and deliver it, and we just kind of were all over the place. We just did whatever we needed to do to, to keep the business running. And then, yeah, I would say we naturally fell, fell into our roles as time went on, um, and we shifted a lot. There were some times when, you know, one of us would start, you know, working in the kitchen and then we'd have to go out and do sales. So it just kind of morphed over the, over the past nine years. And um, I think now we finally found our, our place. So <laughs> you guys were really, you know, from your story, really living the startup dream. Yeah. So you guys all moved back in with your oh, parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're living in the basement, you're making juices. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? Was it like, it oh my a, God, we're adults a, back in our parents' basement? Yeah, it was a nightmare for, um, for me specifically. But <laughs> for my parents, I think it was the biggest nightmare because they were like, what did we do wrong? What did, what, Why what, do I have what all did four we, children living what in my What did house? we do to their kids went, you know, went to college or went off and had careers and now they're back in our basement? Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I, so my girlfriend at the time, we had moved back in to my parents' basement. Caitlin was in my parents' basement. Um, Jenny, I think was, I think, I think there were four of us in the actual basement and then Julie had a room upstairs. Um, Caitlin's bed actually just kind of floated out in the middle of the room cause there was there were only two rooms. So literally her bed was in the middle. So it's quite literally a, a startup kind of scenario as you could imagine. So what were the age ranges of the sisters? Oh, I mean, um, so, so we're pretty age. close. So Julie's the oldest. Um, yeah, Julie's the oldest then Caitlin, then, um, myself and Jenny's the youngest. Okay. So it's not like you were spanning some crazy no, distance. No, yeah. No, it was just, but we had no money. I mean, we had the Kickstarter money, but we used it all to kind of, you know, buy juicers, buy produce, buy bottles, things like that. So um, we would actually, um, you know, we would get produce from like a local produce supplier. They would give us like leftovers. I mean, we were like scrapping and we would have a, there was a, the funniest story that we like to tell, it kind of freaks people out, but there was a bagel shop when we were in our Plymouth store. 
um, that we used to produce all over. We used to work like 16-hour days. There was a bagel shop that would, by the end of their day, it was like two, you know, bagel stores close at like two or three, they would throw out all of their old bagels in their dumpster. And their dumpster was very clean. It was, it was just a small little dumpster behind them, downtown Plymouth. And they would throw out the old bagels that day. So they would just bag them all up and you'd see the girl go out and throw them into the dumpster. And we would wait until they threw the bagels in there. And then we would go out and get the bagels out of the dumpster. And that's what we would eat every single day. I, I um, mean, but, the, but in all seriousness, these are the stories of yeah. entrepreneurs. I mean, yeah, and I know it sounds funny, like, but we literally, and my parents were like, no joke. They were like, they weren't giving us money and, and you know, helping us. They were just kind of like, cool, you want to do this? Then do it. Were and you pay, paying rent? We weren't paying rent. Okay, at least you got that going. <laughs> yeah, we had free rent, but nothing else really. Laundry, um, lawn, free laundry. Yep. Okay. That was that was a so huge, some perks. Huge of perk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, tell everybody who who might not know about the business the story behind the name Drought. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. So I think it kind of it actually kind of started out as a joke of some sort, but then you know we kind of morphed it into it was. Um, in in Detroit, there were kind of a lack of, at the time, a lack of healthy options in Detroit. So it became this like, you know, the drought of, you know, like basically like a food drought. So it was kind of just a play on words. I thought it maybe had something to do with like thirsty. Yeah. Or, or that. Yeah. And it could, it could be that too. It, it just kind of, you know, we thought it looked, it basically just looked good on a bottle when we, Julie came up with the design. So that's, that's why we stuck with it. So when you guys were kind of talking as sisters about wanting to do something entrepreneurial and work together. Were there any other businesses besides juicing that you were like, hmm, maybe that first that you, you know, kind of um, got through before you got to juicing? No, not necessarily. But ever since we were little, I mean, we would have lemonade stands. We would sell, my dad would take us to like, you know, he would buy us like wholesale t-shirts and tell us how to resell. I mean, there was just like everything from when we were little. We would, we would do, you know, make our own newspapers and try and sell them and car washes and this and that. So it was just kind of like in our blood. So you were entrepreneurs as kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then as we got older, I think it was just like every time we'd get together, we, should, we would just be like, oh, we should do this or we should start this business. And then juice kind of just became the, the thing. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, probably I would assume that in order to, to create the business that we're sitting in now, which is incredible. I wish people could see where we're sitting. You kind of have to, I assume, become an expert at juicing. You can't just like grab a bunch of fruit and just start blending stuff. So how did you become experts at, you know, creating this business? Yeah. So I think, I think for that, it was just, we knew what we liked and, and we, you know, we were obviously all getting older and we knew we had to kind of start taking care of ourselves a little bit better and, and, um, focus more on a little bit of a healthy lifestyle. So it really just became of like, like Tate, we came up with all the recipes based on taste. Um, and I think Jenny, Jenny, my sister actually did a lot of it. Um, you know, the night before we got our first juice cleanse order and it was just, um, all night long. They just went back and they juiced every single ingredient and just ounce by ounce kind of mixed each each juice. And to this day, um, I want to say like most of the juices she mixed that night are, are still all of our juices. So kind of hit a home run right off the bat with a lot of them and, and we never changed them. I love it. I love it. So for those of you out there who might be listening, who might not know the size and scale of this thing, this is not a small operation. So maybe you can just tell the audience about like, where can, where can we find drought? Yeah. Um, store wise. Store-wise, I know you're in markets all over the Midwest. I mean, like, how deep does the Drought brand go at this point? Yeah, so we have four um, of our own brick-and-mortar locations, uh, Detroit, Royal Oak, Bloomfield Hills, and downtown Plymouth. And then we also have, are in about a dif- about 80 different retailers throughout Michigan, um, the Midwest, and then um, over to the East Coast. So that, 
That's a big operation. Yeah. Yep. So do you, how many yep. bottles are coming out of this facility a day? Um, anywhere from, we make anywhere from 1,800 to about 3,000 bottles a day. Oh my goodness. And yeah. did you ever think in a million years when you were, you know, blending stuff in your mom's basement that this is where it would be? No, I think we used to, so we used to work to kind of go through the, the scale of where, you know, where this started for now, uh, up until now, it was my parents' kitchen. Um, we would make maybe like 30 bottles and it would take us all, you know, all night. And then we moved into our Plymouth um, location that we turned into a little kitchen, and it's still now our storefront. Um, we used to kind of max out, and I think I think I remember the number we maxed out at 600 juices in 800 square feet, and we thought that was like the you know biggest best that we could ever do. We were like, wow, 600 juices, that's crazy. It just took took all day, all night. Um, and then we moved into 2,500 square feet in Ferndale, and I believe we maxed out at about um, maybe like a thousand juices a day um and then now here we're able to do about three thousand and we can actually do more but we're just that's just our volume right now so is there an r&d part of this facility we're sitting in like where do you come up with the flavors um the r&d we just do in the kitchen so okay. yeah so every um we all of our our menu kind of remains the same but then we do we have a really awesome girl named jess on our team and um my sister jenny still they still come up with all the recipes so what's and, your what's your favorite the apple lemon ginger. Why is Hands that? Is down. that like around since the beginning? Yeah, it has about an ounce and a quarter of ginger in it. And I just, I love ginger. It's super strong and will kind of take care of everything for you. So clear you right up. And I, it tastes I, like a cocktail. Just so yeah. transparency, I'm actually consuming that drink during this podcast. And I've had this drink before and it is an immense amount of ginger. Yep. So it is really good. For, yeah. People either love it or they hate it. <laughs> it is polarizing. Yep. That is a great way to say it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is uh, really, really very good. So I want to talk to you about the bottles. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if other people kind of said this to you, but selfishly for me, I met you guys six years ago mm-hmm. and I was immediately struck by the bottle. Yeah. Like I still have probably a half a dozen of them in my house that we yeah. use over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Did, was that always part of the plan? Like when it? Yeah. So the bottle was actually, um, Julie had found it and it was um, a medical bottle. So we were trying to find different bottle like vessels to put the juice in and you know, all of the juice bottles were actually like very similar. So they were all very similar and all the, you know, the juice companies that were out were all using this same kind of like square-ish bottle, but they all looked the same. And so we, Julie was like, I need to find something different, you know, and a little bit cooler and like something that will stand out. So she and Jenny stayed up all night and looked on all these different bottle websites and they found this medical bottle and they said, is it food, food grade? Like, could it be food grade safe, you know, for, to put juice in and it was food grade. So they, you know, because it's medical grade, it's also easily food grade. Um, and so they just, they said, can we get the volume we need? And then they transformed that bottle into a, into a juice bottle. So was that one of those decisions that everyone was like in from day one or people were yeah. like medical bottle? What are we doing? Yeah, no, no, it was, it was good. It was just like, we all kind of thought it was cool and we just went with it. And then if, uh, I think a lot of companies after that started using, now it's all over juice websites. So, so, or like bottling websites It's like, you can get it as a, as a juicing bottle. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And were there any other names that were in the running other than drought or was that like, that was it? Like once you guys. Nope. It was drought from the beginning when the, I remember the first night we came up with the idea. We were, we had just gotten a juice in New York city. We're walking back to our apartment and it was, it was drought and it never changed. Never changed. You were committed to it. That's <laughs> yep. great. Mm-hmm. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about Detroit. Mm-hmm. Cause I know you guys are deeply committed to the city. You have you know, a location right down in the heart of it. When did you know or did you always know that that was going to be part of kind of the ecosystem of your business? Yeah, Detroit was actually 
the uh, the place that we were going to start it. You know, I think in the beginning it was kind of like, oh, we'll start it in New York, but it was New York was a little lofty of a goal because it's so expensive there. Um, and at the time, we knew that no one was really doing what we wanted to do. And um, and I shouldn't say that. I, I'm sure there were you know certain people juicing and on different capacities, but in terms of like starting an actual juice bar, that's what we wanted to do. Um, so it was always to juice for the summer at Eastern Market. And, um, and from there, it kind of turned into all the rules. You know, you know, when you have an idea and you think like, oh, we're going to do this and it's going to work. And then you go to like, whoever the rule keepers are and you're like, hey, can we do this? And they're like, no, you can't. Well, that's, like, that's like every day for me. <laughs> yeah, so, you yeah. can't do that. So, so all of our ideas kind of got like shut down. We're like, oh, we need a commercial kitchen and we need all this stuff. So we just had to kind of morph it into, great, we need a real full-time kitchen and we need to, you know, go all in. <laughs> I love it. So how have you strategically selected, you know, you got multiple stores now. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, is there something about a given store you're like, this feels like drought? Like, are there criteria that you were like, this is it? The, to, to find a storefront yeah, like, like that. you know, the one on Woodward, like in Royal Oak. The like, one on Woodward, know? the, um, we drove by it and we thought, oh, this is, would be like great easy in, easy out. Because we don't have any, um, there's no seating in our stores, so we don't really need a big space. So it worked out because it was a small space and it was, people could get in and get out right up off of Woodward and um, it was cheap that was the big thing it was the rent was really cheap <laughs> at the time um, and that's why we we uh, chose that one and it turns out to be our, our most lucrative store but right I will say I mean for those of you who haven't been in the store like it's it's a thoughtful small space I mean yeah. you really give thought to like I mean you walk in it's an experience I mean mm -hmm. you have like these coolers like right in your, and everything's perfectly lined up and mm -hmm. the logos are, I mean, there's there was a lot of thought given to your retail experience yeah it's definitely I give that all the credit to Julie because she's she's kind of our brand keeper and she she likes to have a tight grip on that <laughs> shout out to sister Julie yeah I like that um, so what do you think about the city? You know, as there's a need for more like healthy grab and go options as Detroit is really becoming like other major markets, mm -hmm. do you see a lot of competition coming into the market for drought or are you like, you feel pretty good about your standing at this point? Yeah. I mean, I think that we're, what we're trying to do is, is stay pretty classic in terms of, of who we are as a company. And, and I think we would like to evolve into even being more, um, accessible for people. So you know, in the beginning when you have all these ideas and you want to create this this really great product that's organic and, and you don't cut any corners on, the unfortunate part is that really good food um, is expensive, you know, good for you food. You know, you can buy crap food all day long for really cheap and, and good food is just cost more. So for us, what our goal has always been is to make a really amazing product and then figure out how we can make it more accessible. So as we grow, that's kind of our biggest goal. Um, and as to not like make it cheaper and, you know, faster and more expensive. Yeah. And that kind of matches up with kind of the thematic of what's happening in Detroit now, right? Mm -hmm. Quality products, making it accessible for all, right? Yep. I mean, I think it's kind of feels like it's right in line with the, the vision of Detroit. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. So I want to ask you, you know, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that about that experience when you saw your product for the first time, like on a shelf mm -hmm. that wasn't your own. Like okay. you go into a market and you're like, yep. there's our product, like sitting in the cooler. Mm -hmm. Like, what did that feel like? Um, you know, at the time, I think we were, 
we were working our tails off. So I think it was like kind of surreal. It was like, it was very exciting. And then now when I look back, it's like, it's pretty incredible. And not just like for us, but any, anyone making anything or, or, you know, running a business, I think it's, it's just kind of like a testament to, you know, all the hard work that you're putting into and, and seeing kind of the fruits, fruits of your labor, no pun intended. That was good. Uh, That that. that was a good one, right? Uh, You know, kind of come, come through. And it, it was, um, actually, it's funny because the first time we got on the shelf, it was in Plum Market, um, and we put our glass bottle juice um, on their shelves. They they wanted it from day one because we knew them there. And we put it on their shelves, and we didn't realize the rules that you can't wholesale fully raw juice because there's no one's been doing this in Michigan. So um, they didn't even know the rules. So, you know, but they did know that you actually can't wholesale fully raw juice. So as soon as we got on the shelves weeks two weeks later they pulled us off the shelves so it's kind of funny so when you're saying the first time you saw yourself on the shelves it was super exciting and then two weeks later we got pulled off the shelves it was short-lived yeah (laughs) yep so then but then evolved into you know our wholesale line which we um we use the hpp technology which is extends the shelf life and it makes it legal um for you to wholesale so so yeah it's been kind of like a long a long journey of of coming out with all these products but now we won't hopefully won't get pulled off the shelves. Anymore. That's like a great bump in the road kind of story. Yeah. I mean, you, you had to learn. Yep. I mean, otherwise you would never have known that moving For forward, sure. right? It allows you to grow your business. Mm-hmm. So where do you see, like, what's the next evolution of drought? I mean, you've made this amazing success story going from, you know, I met you guys literally on a stoop, like in, in, in the West Loop, like drinking Us, like your we sound own like, We sound like poor little match girls. Like, I, mean, I met you on a stoop. That's really where I met you. It was right outside a little market where mm-hmm. your product was being you know, yeah. displayed. And here are you now sitting in this enormous facility. Your product's all over the market. Like, what's the next chapter? Uh, I was talking to Katie about this. You know, I think that for us, we've, we've put so much work and time and effort into this. And, you know, I know this sounds cheesy, but to really kind of be able to relax into all the hard work that that we've done this year and kind of over the next few years I think is really important because I think so often you get caught up in um you know the age of Instagram where you always have to do the next best coolest thing and I think for us is like we've created this brand you know it's pretty classic in in our opinion and we want it to kind of remain that Um, and we do want it to evolve and 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 we want more for it but I think for right now at this moment it's just you know, relaxing into it and kind of enjoying this, the, the ride of like the, the steady growth for the next few years. So you'll appreciate, ready for this pun? Yeah. You want it to be organic. Oh, yep. Right? Exactly. Like you got it. Yeah, so you and I are good teammates. <laughs> I love I like it. it. I like it. I like it. So, all right. This is my favorite part of every mm-hmm. podcast. This is the lightning round. Awesome. So I got 10 questions for you that like as fast as you can come up with the answer. Okay. You, just so the audience knows, you do not know these questions ahead I hope of I don't time. freeze. You won't. You'll be okay. fine. Most interesting ingredient you ever wanted to put into a juice. Um, See, yeah, this that's, is hard. When you don't um, I would say most interesting ingredient we did put into a juice. I would say um, squash. squash. That's, that's that's not really that interesting, but I don't know. All right, well, think about it. We can come. Yeah, back maybe that. I'll come back to that. Favorite cocktail to use your juice in? Um, I would say a, like a margarita. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Favorite spot for either you or your sisters to grab a cocktail downtown? Ooh, um, I think the candy bar is pretty cool. I think that's a cool spot. Good spot. Shout out to the Siren Hotel. Yeah. Like it? I mean, I don't know. There's so many cool cool spaces, but in my mind, that's like the 
sexiest, coolest place that it comes It is a very mind. cool place. I got a really cool pink drink there once. Oh, nice. It was very, very good. <laughs> uh, favorite female-owned business other than your own? Ooh, um, I mean, I I love all of the girls downtown. I love them all. Should I t- should I rattle yeah, them off? Yeah, give give, give um, shouts. Get the lip, lip bar, owners. Detroit blows, um, Tara from um, Detroit Body Garage, Kate Williams, Lisa from Sister Pie. I love everyone, That's all awesome. of them. It's so great. If I left anyone out, we'll uh, we'll do it. We'll yeah, do we'll it. Add, we'll yeah, add we'll add more. Later. Favorite dinner spot to go out with your sisters? Um. My, these sound like my girlfriends, my 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 sister wives. That's what You're we the call the golden girls. That's what we're gonna call you guys. Um, Selden Standard. Okay, it's kind like of a it. classic. You can't go wrong there. Favorite place in in Detroit to do wellness, yoga, workout. Um, you know, I I'd have to say the Detroit Body Garage. Do you know Tara? I don't. Oh, she I gotta rocks. meet her. Yeah, she rocks. She should do a, a podcast. Maybe we should do like a live me yeah. working out with her yep, podcast. Exactly. That would be- <laughs> That'll be interesting sounds. On she the, would probably kick your ass. That, that's likely, <laughs> sounds like. Favorite indulgence? Uh, a brownie sundae. Okay. Any particular place to get it? Um, I don't know. You know what? No, any With brownie. Like Saunders on top? Like that kind of thing? No, or? just like a brownie, like a corner brownie oh, out of the corner, corner of the pan. Good call. With a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Okay. Or actually, and also mint chocolate chip ice cream, like all day long. Why do people doubt the corner brownie? That is like such a good call. I don't know. It's it's the best. Unbelievable. Good call. All right. Random question. Do you still juice at home? I do actually. Sometimes I have a little like table, like a just a centrifugal juicer that I every once in a while will pull out. Best advice for an entrepreneur. Um, best advice for an entrepreneur. Um, don't be afraid to be poor for a while <laughs> don't for be afraid a, to live with your parents for a long while <laughs> um because you know, the freedom that you get you know in place of of the money is kind of amazing <laughs> it's kind of liberating right <laughs> but maybe hopefully then you'll get rich i, I thought you were gonna say like find a spot near the closest bagel okay yeah basically I thought this was, not that, <laughs> that too say, yep which would have been amazing advice i'm surprised we didn't get arrested for that but hey day old bagels yeah you know, that's a mm-hmm. good tip most memorable moment in Detroit as an entrepreneur? If you can sum them all up, what would be the one moment you look back on? Um, honestly, I would say Eastern Market. I, I think, like, you know, it sounds like just kind of generic and cheesy, but like Eastern Market, like going to Eastern Market and being freezing and kind of just lugging our juice there every Saturday. And, and that, like, when I think back on that, those are the best, those are the best days, you know, like you think, like, oh, those were the worst days. But now that we're at this point, it's like, those were the best days. Because they, they stick out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So cool. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I'm handshake. so glad. Yeah, well, that's my first handshake. I'm fine. <laughs> I love that. And I'm so happy we got a chance to give the audience a little kind of snippet of drought in the juice empire you were really building here. So yeah, like be that. on the lookout. Thank you. Thanks for your time. So for more information on Drought, check them out at droughtjuice.com or follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. They have multiple locations all throughout the Metro Detroit area, so make sure to go online and find the closest location to you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the EXPDET podcast. Please make sure to write us a review and provide us some comments and feedback. If you want to read about all the amazing people shaping Detroit, check us out at expdet.com or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook.